As a movie reviewer for Plugged In, one of the questions I get all the time seems simple. But some days it can make me break out in a cold sweat. <laughs> Seen any good movies lately? Oh, man. And then the cold sweating starts. You'd think it would be an easy question, right? But it's not. I freeze up in part because, I mean, let's face it, sometimes movies worth recommending are few and far between. But we've got one to talk about today. And frankly, I'm more excited about this movie than anything I've seen in a long time. Wow. Hey, everyone. Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, I won't keep you wondering any longer, and you probably saw it in the podcast title. The movie I'm talking (laughs) about is Jesus Revolution, which officially lands in theaters on Friday but which has already had some advanced screenings earlier this week. Who knows? Maybe you've seen it already. Paul AC and I have both seen the film, and we're going to talk about that. And Kristen Smith is with us here as well to talk about Jesus Revolution and why we think it's a movie that might well be worth your time and money. And then we've got a special treat, as we like to say in our house when we have like ice cream stuff in the freezer. <laughs> maybe, okay, maybe it's not that special. I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver here. But in our second segment, we are going to talk to three stars of the movie. Last week, I had the opportunity to go to Hollywood and be at the red carpet premiere, which was fun. And I got to talk to actors Jonathan Rumi, yes, the same one who portrays wow. Jesus in The Chosen, Joel Courtney, and Anna Grace Barlow. And I loved what they had to say about why this film has meant so much to them. And I think you'll want to hear my conversation with them as well. So grab a cup of your favorite hot beverage and get ready for a great show. Well, one more thing before we dive in here in earnest. We also want to remind you that voting is ongoing for this year's 20 Plugged In Movie Award nominees in four different categories. Best Movies for Kids, Teens, Adults, and Best Christian Movie. And you can go to PluggedIn.com slash blog 2023 Movie Awards for links to each category. And then you can vote for your favorite. And of course, you will find that link in the episode notes for today's show. And we'll be announcing our picks as a plugged in team for the winner in each category on Tuesday, March 7th at 10 a.m. A Mountain Standard Time in a live episode of The Plugged In Show. So Terrifying. I know. Go to your calendars right now. Get your red Sharpie out. Circle the date. Then write Plugged In down. Because don't just... <laughs> you ever like circle the date on the calendar and then you can't remember why you circled it? Don't oh, do that. Man, you man. want all the information there. So that is where we're headed today. And as always, we would encourage you to get involved with The Plugged In Show yourself. Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for those who've done that already, thank you so much. It helps people know what our show is all about. Well, with no further ado, Paul, Kristen, are you ready? Yeah, we are. All right, let's do it. So we're going to be talking about Jesus Revolution today. Before we do that, I want to ask a big question. One might even say it's a God-sized question, although oh. I don't want to be irreverent. But uh, <laughs> what is your favorite movie about Jesus and why? Okay, mine's a, mine's The Chosen. It's a show, but okay, it's The we'll, Chosen. Okay, we'll allow a TV okay, show. Okay, all right, guys, it's so good. And I typically would not say this about movies about Jesus because they're cheesy and I don't feel like they're like well-acted. I'm serious. I know. That sounds terrible. But The Chosen is phenomenal. I feel like it brings out the humanity of the disciples and Jesus and like brings up things that I wouldn't have even like 
thought of, but make total sense within context within scripture. So, right. big fan. My answer is Risen. This was a movie that came out a while back. 2016. Uh, 2016. Wow. And it really talks about uh, Christ's death and resurrection in the confines of sort of this detective story. This uh, this Roman centurion is trying to investigate what the deal is with this guy who's all of a sudden gone missing, who they everybody knew was dead. Um, I really like it because there's some strong acting. Joseph uh, Fiennes is the Joseph centurion. Joseph Fiennes. Uh, you've got Tom Felton from the Harry Potter series is in it. So it has some really good and, acting. I mean, Joseph Finds, I mean, his brother is Voldemort, right? Exactly. So we're talking some some definite Harry Potter connections. But I I loved how it worked as a story. It was it was told in a way that I've never seen it told before. Yeah, it worked for me too. So much so that that was my pick, and so I now feel compelled to go uh, another direction. Another movie that came out the same year. I, okay. I'm going to hedge a little bit. I don't know that it's my favorite because I was going to pick Risen. Um, it's called The Young Messiah. Yep. And it is based on, of all things, an Anne Rice novel called Christ the Lord. And Anne Rice, of course, is mostly famous for writing about vampires. She had a Catholic background and she had sort of a renaissance in her faith where she was writing about Jesus. And it's it's speculative. Uh, it's more speculative than some of the things we have talked about. But it imagined what... Jesus might have been like as a 12 year old. And the thing that I liked wow. about the movie is we see his family's flight to Egypt and we just, it gives you a sense of how incredibly tense the culture was. Yeah. Uh, and it's either in that one or in Risen because I get them mixed up in my head. They're going down this road, and as far as you can see, there are crucifixes on the side of the road mm. with men Whoa. dying on them. And I, I'm not going to say it's my favorite scene because that would be weird. But I, I think what it helped me see was it was such a horrific form of punishment that Jesus for his entire life would have been exposed to people who died that way. You know, yeah. I mean, I think that we can sort of lose even that cultural context. And so I like both of these movies because they, they established the, biblical story in that bigger conflict between Judea and the Roman Empire and this occupying force and and the chosen actually does that right. too. Yeah. So right. I think all three of these um really give us a depth of cultural insight. And you know, I think that they've all tried to do a good job at representing it accurately. Yeah. Obviously none of us were there. We don't know for sure, but right. uh, but they're all three worth potentially checking out. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's one of the great things about some of these movies is when they bring it into a greater context, yeah. when you feel like you're in that yeah. world. If I was going to name another movie, I might actually say the original Ben-Hur oh, because yeah. it gives you a very oh, No, we don't have time for another. Okay. No, right, go ahead. Go. I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing No, it really is a great... You never see Jesus' face, and that's one of the things I like about it, actually, because it gives you... It was really easy to cast. <laughs> it was really easy. But you also have just sort of that sense of how Jesus made the people around him feel, how they reacted to him. I mean, you do get the, the a great sense of sort of that Roman world around him mm. and what it looked like and and when stories can bring you into that world and make you feel a part of it i think that's where movies succeed all right well let's talk about another story bringing us into another world and paul and i we were barely in this world when the events of this movie happened barely uh, this is uh, the movie jesus revolution and it is set in the early 1970s Kristen, you were you weren't with us yet uh, <laughs> my parents were 
coming into the world as well. Yes, so exactly. That's, my, exactly. that's true. This has been oh, I'm Old with yeah. Adam and Kristen. <laughs> yes. So, Paul, what is the story of Jesus' revolution? Because if you just heard the title, you might think it was actually about Jesus in biblical times, but it's not. It is not. It is not, even though it does feature the Jesus from The Chosen, which is sort of interesting. Right, well, and we'll circle back to that. We're, we will circle back to that, but essentially it, it sets us up in, in 1970. Uh, we are What a good year, 1970. What a good year. And we see a world, we see a country that is sort of lost itself. We're, we're hearing a lot about the drug culture. We're hearing just do it if it feels right. We're hearing a lot of Pontius Pilate-type questions. What what is truth? What yeah. is the reality? Is God dead? Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. So you have this this sense of spiritual lostness, yeah. if you will. Yep. Um, and you have this church pastor. His name is Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith. He is preaching in this little tiny congregation. And that he's played is by dwindling. Kelsey Grammer. Played by Kelsey Grammer. He's preaching in this tiny dying congregation, railing against all these hippies that are making the world a terrible place. And they're pretty uptight. They I are mean, they're, very uptight. They all have yeah. suits and yeah. ties and lots of judgment. Mm-hmm. Right? Not that there's anything wrong with suits and ties, but... Well, but lots of judgment. Context, that is a problem. Context. Yeah. Meanwhile, his daughter is sort of in that hippie movement a little bit. Um, and and Chuck Smith actually challenges her. You know what I want you to do? I want you to bring me a hippie so I can figure out what this whole thing is about. He does. He's not serious, but she does bring him a hippie. And right? he just happens it's to bring be, a hippie home day. <laughs> Lonnie Frisbee. Who comes into their house? He is full blown hippie, but he is full blown <laughs> worshiper and lover of Jesus too. Um, and their first interaction in the home is just oh, fantastic. Man. It's so priceless. It is, it is one of those stories where it's about Lonnie showing him that maybe even if these people don't wear shoes, they their hair is long, they still can love Jesus too. Mm. And it's a it's sort of this spiritual awakening for this pretty uptight minister. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm going to lose my job. We can only walk through doors open to us. In your church, that's a door that's shut. And then the story kind of morphs in a different direction. You know, Lonnie Frisbee, we see him as sort of this catalyst for bringing these two radically different cultures together. And I think, Paul, you can speak to this and... What we see with Lonnie is a guy who has sort of been completely in the counterculture. Mm -hmm. And we have a number of characters like this who sort of were in the LSD scene. They were in the Timothy Leary fan club. You know, they were Mm -hmm. listening to Janis Joplin and, you know, in the free love kind of zone, if you will. And they found it unsatisfying. And so we're seeing people begin to come out of that and they don't fit anywhere. And two other important characters in the movie is a young guy named Greg Laurie. And if you've been around (laughs) Christianity very long, you've probably heard of Greg Laurie and you know he was an evangelist and he's been a very successful pastor. But you may not have known that he got his start in this same place. Mm -hmm. He was dabbling in LSD and the whole counterculture movement. And he meets this this girl. There's always a girl, right? Of course. Her name's Kathy. And Kathy is really into it. And then her sister almost dies at a party and she sort of wakes up 
and ends up at Chuck Smith's church. Wow. Uh, and is, you know, introduced to Lonnie and, and we see how they all come to meet Jesus together. Yeah, it's it's really powerful as we see how how this sort of develops their growing relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus. And, you know, it, one of the things that struck me about this movie is that the culture that they are in then doesn't feel that different from where we are today, right? You know, I think that we're all sort of looking. There's a lot of people out there who are lost that are looking for answers in terrible, terrible places. They're trying to take the answers that the world gives them and finding it unsatisfying. Jesus Revolution shows that same sort of culture and what people, what a lot of people, millions of people turned to in that time. Um, and that was Jesus finding the true hope uh, and grace that, that comes with Christ. Yeah, this is super interesting because, Adam, when you said that they like there's this group of people that they didn't fit anywhere, the thing that it made me think of was Gen Z, right? Like yeah. a lot of people have written Gen Z off. And so it kind of it sort of seems like this is the reoccurring narrative, right? Like with a, right. each generation gets progressively worse and they're all <laughs> terrible, right? But right now we're seeing the Asbury revival mm-hmm. and yeah. things happening right now, which it's mind blowing and so awesome. And it's student led. Yep. How cool, right? But I feel like this is the way that the Holy Spirit spirit does this right like there's a wave of people who are like hungry for him when they've tried all these other things and they might not fit in this new like christian context or whatever we've done in western civilization but god's just like showing up on the scene and he's wrecking the people that are younger that are hungry for him that aren't stuck in like their ways that are that are open to something different yeah it's a it's amazing actually and it's one of the things that this movie feels like it was so well timed in a way because opening so close on the heels of of asbury and, and and what is going on um it's it's kind of beautiful the way god works and i know that that i think periodically society can become disillusioned by Christianity. Yeah, it can totally. look at it can look at the churches that we see in the Jesus Revolution and find that they're stayed, that they're judgmental, whatnot. Um you find Their ties that, are too tight. Their ties are too tight. And and you have sometimes Christians are not the best um ambassadors for their own faith in some ways. Mm-hmm. But over history, you see again and again and again and again how that faith is renewed and revived and turned into something the same and yet very, very different. Um, that was the thing that struck me about the Jesus Revolution is just that that process of renewal, mm-hmm. that rebirth. You know, one of my favorite authors, G.K. Chesterton, talks about how mm-hmm. the church is continually dying, continually being reborn in imitation of Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that, that brings to mind when, when I watch this movie. Yeah, and I like this movie, too, because it's it's based on a true story. And it's brought to us courtesy of director John Irwin. Um, and he, of course, has done American Underdog. And I can only imagine this is like his fifth or sixth movie um, where they've taken real events and, and told the story. And I think that with each of these films, he is really honing his craft. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is a movie just artistically and aesthetically and in terms of some of the conflicts involved that goes toe-to-toe with anything out there. There's no, I don't have to make an apology. It's like, oh, you know, this is a, there's a nice message, but yeah, the movie is just okay. Now, I was really wowed by this movie. You know, I go back to what Kristen said, even when we were just starting The Icebreaker, right? How how movies about Jesus can sometimes feel a little bit cheesy. Sometimes the quality is not there. This movie, I tell you what, I the 
no movie is perfect, right? You're yeah. going to have issues with any movie that you have. But honestly, this might have been the best quote unquote Christian movie I have seen it during my time here at Plugged In. Mm. Oh, wow. It is really, really well done. Excited yeah. to see it. It's provocative, it's interesting, it's encouraging, but it doesn't shy away from some. Difficult, you know, because Lonnie and Chuck, they have they have struggles with each other even within right. the movie. So we see that that even in the confines of the revolution, faith doesn't manifest itself perfectly. Yeah, I was just thinking, I know people that grew up in the Jesus Revolution and got saved. And so I think it'll be really fun to watch. Yeah. And in terms of the title, the interesting thing is it's based on a Time magazine article that came out, I believe, in 1971, and it was called Jesus Revolution. Um, and so I spoke cool. with John Irwin, and, and he said that he saw a copy of this magazine. He couldn't find it online, and he actually ordered an old copy <laughs> off of eBay. And wow. that was the inspiration for the movie was just this incredible story. And Time really couched it as cultural renewal like it was a very positive and uplifting story and and Mm so he said I want to tell this story uh, about this thing that happened in the midst of the counterculture and I I want to say one other thing about the counterculture here that I think is important Um, I think John Irwin has done a great job of sort of suggesting and implying some of the things that were going on without showing us really anything. And so there are a couple scenes where you know these kids have dropped acid and the camera gets a little fuzzy in the focus. And so it communicates clearly what's going on without it being explicit and gratuitous. Which it could easily. And so I, I appreciated the fact that they found a way to tell the story without sanitizing it, but without, you know, oh, we got to really show the nitty gritty of the counterculture because mm. it wasn't anything goes time. Yeah. And and you you get that sense and you get the sense that here you had some kids that were trying everything the world had to offer and it wasn't doing it for yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and I love that about this movie. Yeah. One of the things that, that struck me as I was watching this movie is how countercultural Christianity, true Christianity is yeah. mm-hmm. because it's always pushing against the culture, pushing against what society says is good uh, you know, or fulfilling absolutely yeah. and, and when you look at this movie, we're given an environment where the counterculture quote unquote is really the culture Yeah, and you have this push against everything that was going on um, still loving some of the ideals of the counterculture embracing the idea of love and and peace and, and all those all those things that that were good about it yeah but rejecting the things that led you astray and i really like that yeah i think it's a rare rare thing at plugged in when we say go see this movie we don't say that very often uh you know a lot of stuff has content issues but i think Obviously, you always want to read our full review just to make sure there's not some surprise in there that's a problem. But at PluggedIn.com. At PluggedIn.com. <laughs> Thank you, Kristen. I think you have a career in marketing ahead of you. <laughs> um, so we want, we want you to check out the full review. Uh, but I think this is one that is worth supporting. And you probably know this, but I'll, I'll say this, uh, and then we'll bring this conversation in for a close. 
it's important to see movies the first weekend because it's like voting. You know, when you buy a ticket, you're saying, please, Hollywood, make more of this. Uh, and John Irwin has worked with Lionsgate, which is a totally secular wow. studio. Yeah. And Lionsgate has loved the last several things they've done. So if you're thinking about it, I would encourage you to maybe even see it opening weekend if you can. So thanks, guys, for talking about Jesus Revolution. And now you've heard kind of what our experience on the receiving end of this film is like. In our second segment, we are going to hear from Jonathan Rumi, Anna Grace Barlow, and Joel Courtney, uh, as I talked with them recently about Jesus Revolution and their roles in it. So two-part question to start things off. Um, tell me a little bit about each of your characters and the spiritual journey that they are on. And then what was it like to prepare for a character who's based on a real person? Does that change your preparation at all as opposed to, you know, just a, a fictional character that's being scripted? So, yeah, so I play Lonnie Frisbee. And um, Lonnie was a very... A complex human being. Yeah. He he suffered a lot uh, from the age of three on, really, as a kid. He was abused and all sorts of stuff. Um, so he carried a lot of wounds with him that eventually surfaced here and there. Uh, and you start to see, like, m more later in his life, but you start mm -hmm. to see the beginnings of that in this film, which to me was... Um, just fascinating and and as an actor you're like okay how do I make that real how do I relate to that and it's the exciting part of a journey as an actor is to try to encapsulate all aspects of a person's humanity as flawed as it is mm -hmm. um, so playing a real-life person um, knowing that there are these flaws or these weaknesses and but telling the story we're telling uh, for me it's it's just trying to find a a delicate balance to honor him as a person, to honor his memory, mm -hmm. um, and to highlight, especially given the story that we're telling, the things that he accomplished in, during this movement and the movement that resulted um, because of the things that he did, yeah. um, which were, you know, in this case, bringing all these teenagers and these kids, these hippies, to Jesus and showing them their worth in God. Mm -hmm. uh, I play Greg Laurie, and uh, he's... He's a kid in the uh, you know late '60s where there's this countercultural movement that he's kind of drawn to. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got f some familial issues. Uh, his dad's not with them. His mom is kind of all over the place and not really like available to him um, like emotionally as a mother. And uh, getting to have a conversation with Greg because uh, he was on set so often hmm. was truly so I was a treasure. Ask about that. Yes, he was on set with us um, so many days. And it was uh, a little nerve-wracking at first, first couple days. <laughs> uh, but he was such a, a wealth of knowledge and information to the time and my character because he is my character. Right. And so, like, how cool is it, you know, between takes, be like, hey, what was, um, like, what was the thing that got you out of bed on some days? You know, like what was the thing that you kind of like struggled with? And like when you have a conversation, mm -hmm. like how do you handle conversation? Like those kind of questions for him. And he was amazing. It was such a blessing to have him available. Um, and I'm so thankful for his like openness, his honesty, um, some like brutal conversations. Mm. And um, and he really was just like 
such a huge like inspiration um, and uh, just like encouraging of me in you know the role. Hmm. So cool that to just I mean that he's right there. I know. Yeah. I know. Talk yeah. to him. You yeah. know. I mean, imagine if Jesus were on set with the, was it like this? Sorry. He was. I, I, had, couldn't I couldn't see resist. Him. I couldn't had to have him. one That's Jesus right. joke, and now Anna <laughs> Grace. Um, I played Kathy Laurie. She's very headstrong. She was very much a part of the countercultural movement, and she kind of pulled Greg into it. And she, like so many people, had a near-death experience of somebody that she loved very much, and had to reckon with her, you know, humanity and. Where is God? What is the meaning of all of this? And that just leads her on this path to finding Calvary Chapel, bringing Greg along in their journey together to faith and to each other. Mm -hmm. And to echo Joel, having Kathy there, incredible. Like, <laughs> what are your favorite songs? Like, you can listen to those songs and be like, uh -huh. Kathy would have loved this. And knowing what she was thinking when she got baptized, those kind of things are like, invaluable information for an actor. You have this subtext where it's thoughts you can cycle in your brain during scene, unreal. But I'll use that to compliment Jonathan because you get to build out the world of your character and yeah. having, it feels kind of like I was like lazy and didn't have to do a lot of research because I could just <laughs> ask a person. But you had to do this detailed, deep research to build out the world of this mm. person and make them real. Whereas like for us, we had them as a tool there and they were so supportive and it was never scary, but. I want to use that to be like, Jonathan's the man. That's, that very, yeah. that's very kind of you. <laughs> well, I'm not an actor, but I can imagine that when you step into the shoes of a character for a while, you have to kind of inhabit that character. And I'm curious, working on a film with such deep spiritual themes, if you'd be willing to share, I would love to hear how that impacted you personally and maybe in a different way than, than other roles you've had in the past. Yeah, I mean, there's a... There's a deep connection between um, uh, Greg and his faith, and it's so personal to him, and it is for myself as well. So, mm -hmm. like, that was kind of always something that I was able to immediately connect to my character on while I was, like, getting into and understanding and knowing and, you know, living Greg. Um, and uh, it grounded me. Um, I feel like I've been wanting to do a faith-based film. Hmm. And um, this was like the perfect opportunity, uh, I think, to you know spread love hmm. and uh, hope and uh, the gospel. Great. Um, I will say that I grew up Christian, and hmm. I've don't remember a time when I wasn't Christian. But I you know moved to New York City and met a lot of people from different backgrounds and became aware of people who had had negative or painful experiences hmm. at church. Yeah, and it caused me to go to a place where I had my own personal relationship uh -huh. with God, but I became careful of how I spoke about it because I wanted to be considerate of those people, but then that's also a dichotomy. But what really drew me to this script was the message of this Christianity, this mm. acceptance and love without judgment. Those are Jonathan's words and I love them. <laughs> it's what I wanted to spread and what I wanted to see and that's what I believe. And so I'm really proud to be behind that message and I'm reinvigorated um, and renewed in my faith and feel stronger than ever after, you know, leaving the set and watching it. It's just so inspiring. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, for me, I guess the impact was, it had this sort of mystical quality to it. So before we started production, uh, I was I live here in Los Angeles and I went to visit Lonnie's grave and he's mm -hmm. buried in uh, Garden Grove at the mm -hmm. Christ Church, uh, Christ Cathedral, sorry. 
I wanted to get it right. You know, he was such a powerful witness to God's gift of, of the spirit in this world, in this realm. And so I wanted to make sure that everything was all signed and sealed and like, you know, if there was some sort of tacit approval that I could get from him that I would, I would go to him with this. And I said, look, Lonnie, I'm going to do this film and I, I want to honor your memory in the best way possible. And, and if you and God are on board with this, <laughs> give me a sign. And no sooner had those words left my mouth than behind me was the cathedral. The door was open. Immediately this giant organ chord rings out oh for like five seconds. Wow. I'm like, I hadn't heard it before. I didn't hear it again. I'm like, okay, all right, let's go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was. I mean, there was a couple of things that happened, and and uh, that was the the beginning. And so I felt that like, okay, I think this my spirit is right. Hmm. My attitude going into this, I is prepared. Uh, and hopefully, you know, um, in the right place, my heart is hopefully in the right place mm. to just basically communicate the love of God through this character mm. and the amazing things that he did in his life. Mm. All right. Thank you guys so much for Thank talking you. to yeah, me today. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed my talk with these three actors. It's one of three interviews that I did with folks who brought us Jesus Revolution. I also had a chance to talk with the directors and well-known Christian producer and actor Devon Franklin. And you'll find links to those interviews as well in the episode notes for today's show. Well, now it's time for a special part of the Plugged In Show we like to call Pop Culture Connection. And of course... Our marvelous producer, Ashley, is with us. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Adam. <laughs> All right. It's time to unleash unleash the questions. Yeah. And so Ashley will ask us, if you haven't heard this before, something related to popular culture. And the goal is not quality in our answers, but quantity. That's right. And we'll see... We'll see if we're on our game today. Ashley, take it away. All right, Adam, I'm going to have you go first. Woo, I'm all warmed up. Set Let's the bar high, buddy. Well, we'll see. All hey, right. Jonathan's not here, so we might actually we might have go toe-to-toe. To toe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ah. I see what you did there. Here's uh-huh. a good question for you, Adam. I'll be the judge of that. What is your favorite non-screen activity and why? My favorite non-screen activity is playing electric guitar because, and with my family, my son now plays too, so Henry and I play together. Uh, I will be in the heavy metal section in heaven. There will not be harps. There will be amplified Marshall <laughs> heavenly guitars. I love the sound of an amplified, distorted guitar. It's my favorite. It's transcendent. It makes me feel good on the inside. And it is my favorite thing to do. So there you go. That's my answer. And if I had a motorcycle, I would ride that. But I'm not married <laughs> with children, so I don't have one anymore. That's awesome. I did not know that about you. Yeah. How oh, yeah. fun. Turn it up and rip, rip, rip off the knob. Nice. <laughs> so you should Adam's bring so in fun. your guitar sometime that was six, and play right? for us. That was six. Oh, yeah. I had six. Good yes, job. I'll bring my guitar in sometime. Because I've heard your son play, and he's really good. And he's much better than me. Oh, now. that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's just go down the line. Paul, you're next. All righty. Here we go. All right. I am so ready. The answer is going to be Tron. No, it's 42. Mm. All right, Paul. All this right, is I'm a ready. good question for you. Ooh. Would you rather read the book or see the movie and why? 
Oh, definitely read the book. It is so much more satisfying to read the book because you can you can take your time with the characters. I think that it actually makes you feel more into the story. You can you can pick up the book when you're feeling like really diving into that story. You picture the characters exactly the way you wanted to. You feel in movies I think that there's a little bit of a separation from you and the story. You're it's very passive. When you're reading it's active. Nice, nice. Man, it felt like you gave him like 45 seconds. That felt Seven, really... Oh, it was the same. 17 points. I don't I got think six, it. actually. Yeah. You, so tied. You, tied. you had your chance to go one louder than me, but you oh, failed. no. Mm, uh, curses. All right, right Kristen. Kristen. I'm so stressed. <laughs> don't be stressed. It's funny that you We're get stressed about this. We're all on your side. This. We want you to succeed. I can talk about my own stories oh, all day long. I don't want her to succeed. I know. That's the worst I mean, part. I want you to succeed a little bit, but not more than Paul. Yeah, and. yeah. I want you to succeed I don't really to five wanna, answers. I don't really want to be tied with Paul, though, so go to all seven. Right, Kristen, you've got this. Seven okay. is your goal. Would you choose black and white classic films or modern day tearjerkers and why? I feel like I should say black and white and make um, who's really proud of me, but I wouldn't choose that. I've not seen enough of them. Probably modern day tearjerkers because, well, it's modern day and, you know, I feel I find them more interesting. Um, a tearjerker. Okay, let's just talk about like funny rom-coms that are also sad because I don't really know how to like put this in a category. So probably those because I like the characters typically um, because I feel like they're really emotional. Um, I really like to cry, so it's fine. <laughs> it feels darn it. It's only like five. Oh no, I got seven. You win. What? Woo-hoo. How did she get seven? Because you lose. Now oh. move on. <laughs> she she brought in. Bob I Hoos. think the fix was I in. Did. The fix I was in. Oh yeah, who's does count for a point? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Even Fools. though he's not here, uh, we don't need I to like gloat and to cry. Un- <laughs> Christian-like manner. Paul just told me he wanted me to lose. I I do like to cry. And now you can because you just lost, and so did I. Paul and I will be crying together, but not until I bring this show to a close. That was fun. But up. Ashley, thank you for facilitating all of our tear ducts, or at least Paul's and mine. Yeah. He's he's faking. (laughs) But I digress. And we hope that you have enjoyed our conversation about Jesus Revolution today and hearing from some of those who participated in it. And we would love to hear from you. And you can do that by leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah, leave us a comment there. And some of you have done that recently. And we so appreciate that. Also... If you haven't taken time yet to vote for your favorite Plugged In Movie Award nominees, be sure to head over to PluggedIn.com slash blog 2023 Plugged In Movie Awards. And again, we'll have that link in the episode notes for today's show. And vote. Vote for something in each of the four categories. Or if that feels complicated, you can just shoot us a good old-fashioned email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. So, thanks so much for joining us today. We know that you have so much vying for your attention, and we love spending time with you, and we look forward to doing that again next week on another episode of The Plugged In Show.